0: Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. And his praise in the assembly of the saints. Turn to somebody and say we're standing with the saints. In fact, we're singing with the saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker, capital M. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Is anybody joyful in their king today? Hallelujah. Woo. Wow, what a powerful presence of God is here. Let them praise his name with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and harp. Somebody sent a, me a picture this morning of a shower with a shower caddy with the shampoo and the soap, and in the middle was a tambourine. I guess you can praise the Lord anywhere. Verse 4 For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Look at this. Let the saints. Everybody say the saints. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Wow. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. And a two-edged sword in their hand. To execute vengeance on the nations. Punishments on the peoples. In other words, God has some plans for the saints in the eschaton to bind their kings with chains. David is saying, The saints, with the high praises of God and the sword of the Spirit, will bind the kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute on them the written judgment. Notice this phrase, it's peculiar. This honor have all his saints. Would you say that with me? This honor have all his saints. Praise the Lord. Let's do that right now. Praise God. Praise God. Are you glad to be among the saints today? Praise God. Lord, we're glad to be in the sanctuary. Lord, we're joyful. Come on, somebody be joyful as a saint of God. Honor him. Praise him. Shout. The saints be joyful in glory. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Amen. That is my subject today. This honor have all the saints. You may be seated in the presence of God. I'm so happy to see all of you here today. And I'm rejoicing in my heart for God's goodness. When anyone obeys the gospel of Jesus Christ, they truly are born of the water and of the Spirit. You receive Special status with God and his kingdom. Colossians 1.12 says, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints. That's not the New Orleans saints. But God qualifies us To be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us. The King James said translated us into the kingdom of his son. Say qualified. Say partakers. Say inheritance. Say delivered. Say translated. This is powerful stuff. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Today, I'm looking at, I'm celebrating, I'm giving thanks to God for you. A blood-bought, sanctified, overcoming, faithful saint of God we are sitting among the saints and when you obey the gospel and you are born again of the water and the spirit you enter into special kingdom status you are no longer a sinner You are no longer an outcast. You are no longer what the Bible calls not a people. But you are now a people. You now have an identity. You now have status with God. You now become a partaker of the inheritance. And I want to tell you that the people of God have laid up for them an inheritance. And I'm not letting anybody take that from me. I have an inheritance. I have an inheritance. I'm looking out today, I see former members here come in to visit, we're so glad you're here. It does me good to see everyone in this house today. Everybody say a saint. It's sort of a status word in the Bible. It means redeemed, pure, sacred, holy, consecrated. Everybody say status. Status. Do you like to have status? I haven't met anybody yet that doesn't enjoy some status. You know, sort of like being in a fraternity or being a member You know, I like walking in the Sam's Club. I'm a member. I got a card. I don't know about you peons, but I'm a member of Sam's. I pay for it every year. It gives me status. Yeah, everybody say status. How about status as a husband? A wife. Boy, I got status when I married the queen, let me tell you. I had no idea how awesome her family was. No idea. I didn't know her dad was a prophet. I didn't know her mother was a queen. I didn't know that her sister would be married to probably my best friend today, except Marlene and Jesus, Rod Paymer. What a wonderful gift her family gave me. Uh, I love the status of being the queen's husband. I guess that makes me a king. And uh, I love the status of being a father. My children bless me. They are partner in ministry. Their lives, by the way, last Sunday, I meant to say it earlier, but our celebration of the Independence Day of America and several of you made comments on Pastor Justin's message and thank you so much for sharing that with me and and I rejoice and I'm so thankful and we're looking forward to uh, what God has in store for us uh, the rest of this month but I love the status of being a father I I suppose I have a status uh, as a pastor that I have enjoyed and in 2015 it was nice to be, have the status of being a Royals fan. Not so much in 2022, but 2015 was status. Some companies have loyalty programs where you can earn status. I am a pretty loyal uh, member of the Delta Airlines. I have status. I'm not diamond yet. I don't know if I'll ever make diamond but I am platinum and then there's gold and silver and then there's hey you and when you have status with airlines you get some perks like you get upgrades you know seating upgrades they bump you up Uh, your luggage comes out first sometimes. And uh, you get to check in the sky priority line. You sort of pass up all the commoners, <laughs> sort of walk in that. In fact, my wife and I, we, when we get upgraded, we, we really enjoy it and Comfort Plus. We always pay for main economy, but sometimes we get upgraded to Comfort, sometimes first class. That's really nice. But when we don't get upgrades, we're like, yeah, you know, we're walking past all the first class and all that. We're going back. She'll, she'll say, and I'll say, Oh, we're going back with the commoners. You know, going back. <laughs> Status is nice. And listen, if you're a saint of God, I don't know if you're platinum, diamond, gold, <laughs> silver. I don't think it works that way in the kingdom. But when you are a bona fide, sold out, faithful, saint of God You have achieved special status. It's really not anything much that you have done except you obeyed the gospel. You took advantage of an opportunity when Jesus Christ suffered and bled and died and rose again and sent the Holy Spirit. And there's authority when you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? To wash away the remission of your sins. That's what translates you. That's what enables you to become a partaker of this inheritance. Everybody say status. Oh, my favorite status is the status of being a saint of God. I want you to listen how the apostle Peter spoke of your status. What he thought of you and the economy of God's kingdom. Listen to 1 Peter 2.9. This is amazing. You are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. Everybody say a royal priesthood. Come on, say that with a little bit of dignity. A royal priesthood. Now you know that all of this is bathed in humility, right? I'm not talking about pride. If you, if you think that, you, you don't get me. And you don't get this, but a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Has anybody here been called out of darkness? Come on, have you been called out of the darkness? Into his marvelous light come on we should show forth the praises. Why don't you praise the one that called you out? He called you out. He gave you special status We're sitting together in heavenly places with the Lord. Oh, I think we can do a little bit better job To live in our status to celebrate our status as children of God hallelujah Oh, you that were not a people, I'm so glad I'm not what I used to be. I'm so glad I don't go where I used to go. I'm so glad I don't say and I don't talk like I used to talk. He's translated me. You may be seated. Look at this, verse 10. You were once not a people. That means no status, but are now the people of God. So I'm exhorting you today. To live in your status. Live like you're a chosen generation. Live like you're a royal priesthood. How does a priest live? Let me tell you something. All of the holy and godly and sacred. Cool stuff. In the kingdom of God. Is not just done by. The five-fold ministry. That would be apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. But all the redeemed saints of God are in a fraternity called the royal priesthood. And you get to do priestly stuff. So do it. What, what, what is the priestly stuff? Mark 16. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name. They shall cast out devils. In my name, they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm preaching to the saints today. I'm preaching to people that have status. You were not a people, but now you are a people. And you have been translated. You have been elevated. You have been put in a place of prominence. In the kingdom of God. I'm preaching to people that someday. The Bible said that we will judge angels. And we will judge the world. Woo! Priestly stuff. Priestly stuff. You get to baptize. At least at the life church you do. Because that's how they did it in the book of Acts. The believers. The disciple makers Baptized. Raise your hand if you've ever baptized anybody. Come on, raise it. Look at that. The priests are here, the priesthood's here. Let's celebrate that. (laughs) Woo! Listen, I'm telling you, in some churches, there's only one person that gets to baptize. But that's not biblical. That's not apostolic. That's not our heritage. In the book of Acts, the believers baptized because they were in the priesthood. Ananias baptized the future apostle Paul. And it was good enough for the apostles, for Ananias to baptize him. All right. Everybody say, saints, Saints. live in your status, a holy nation. Unfortunately, the historic church sort of corrupted, if not stole the significance of the nomenclature the Bible calls a saint and how it should be used. And I, I address this because Perhaps there's still some lingering misinformation because of tradition in someone's mind about what a saint is. Contrary to the definition offered by the historic church, saints are not all dead, saints are not venerated. Iconic, super-duper, deceased church members who after they died are now voted on by bishops and cardinals and have become memorialized in stained glasses and celebrated like little gods that we pray to for special favors. Eh. Not the biblical concept of a saint. But that never stopped the historic church from letting the Bible get in the way of their theology. There is no Bible for that. This is a man-made fabrication and I would suspect a pretty good money maker. But a biblical saint of God is a former sinner (laughs) saved by grace who joins themselves to the believers in a local congregation that has a pastor and they enjoy spiritual covering and they're not hit or miss sort of people but over time saints prove themselves to be faithful and to become significant contributors in every way to the advancement of the kingdom of God, bringing their gifts, bringing their talent, bringing their their special features that God has equipped them with as members of the body of Christ. Paul admired and loved and recognized the saints. In fact, in seven of his 13 epistles, he opened them by saluting the saints in the congregation that he was writing to. He often spoke affectionately and tenderly toward those saints that he knew personally. In fact, sometimes we call Believers, faithful saints, like soldiers of the cross. Let me give you an example of Paul's endearing language. 1 Thessalonians 2.8, he said, We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our very lives. Some saints in Galatia, Paul gave special recognition when he called them pillars. Everybody say pillars. I don't mean cold and hard when I say pillars. But we're talking about steadfast, unmovable, unshakable. The kind of people a pastor and everybody can build a church on. I want to ask you a question. Amen. Are you unshakable? Are you unmovable? Have you achieved the status of a saint? I know that you have. Because you're still here. Amen. And you keep the lights on in this place, and and you want this church to go forward. I'll tell you what demonstrated it more than anything I've seen in 44 years of preaching is when COVID tried to shut down the church. It didn't shut this church down. And I'm going to tell you that since COVID, more Christian churches have closed than opened. But this church didn't close. In fact, we we advanced. We moved forward. Amen. People got baptized. People got saved. People got healed. People got delivered. People got discipled. COVID couldn't shut us down. Why? Because of the saints. The saints. Mm. I feel like breaking out in a rigorous course of when the saints go marching in. Don't get me started. Amen. Amen. If you're a believer here at the Life Church, Especially if you're a new believer, if you're a new attendee. We're so glad. We're so glad. I want us to give all of the first or second or third time people here, let's give them all a big hand. We're just glad you're here. That's it. Come on, let's throw them a party right now. Woo! You made a good choice. So if that's you, just look around. You are surrounded by seasoned, steadfast, stalwart, state of the art, faithful, godly, persevering, powerful, saints of God. They're all around us. I feel good. I feel safe. I feel like I'm in good company. There's people here. I would trust them with everything that I've got. I would trust people in this church with my last dollar, with my wife, my daughters, my granddaughters. I would trust them because they are proven. People here are the salt of the earth. I know it. Because I know your lives I've watched your lives Some of you for 34 years And You have passed The test These saints That surround us today will tell us That being a saint of God Is a good life Are there any testimonies here today? They will tell us that being a saint is worth every long mile. It's worth every heartache. It's worth every trial. You've come too late to tell us that it's not profitable to serve the Lord. We've already signed, sealed, and delivered that. We know it's the truth. We know it's the case. Come on! We are surrounded by saints Who will tell us that it pays amazing dividends to be a saint of God. It's a privilege and a joy. And they will tell you it's the greatest way to live. And it's the greatest way to die. David said, Lord, don't gather my soul with sinners. Mm -mm. I don't want to be gathered with sinners. I know where sinners are headed. I know where sinners are going. I don't say that judgmentally. I'm just speaking it theologically. Don't gather my soul with sinners. Listen, it would be a shame for anyone today to sit in this holy, sacred congregation and not be ready for the coming of the Lord and not be ready to meet your maker as we talked about today. i am decided I'm not going to be gathered with the sinners. I know how they live. I know how disgraceful they are. I know how disgusting and despicable they are. I know how they treat other people and sometimes even their own loved ones. I'm not going to be gathered with that crowd. Gather my soul with the saints. Gather me Lord with your precious jewels. Ho oh. ho. Saints will tell you it's profitable to live for God and to die in his grace. I have, in case you can't tell, a very high view of church people. I have a very high view of the saints of God. And I'm in good company because Peter said, you're a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a holy nation. You were not a people, but now you're the people of God. What accolades? See, you're not junk. Do I need to talk about that? You're a royal priesthood. Throw out that condemnation. Don't beat yourself up anymore. So you failed, so did I. Get back up. Admit it, quit it, and forget it. The Bible said a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. Come on, somebody get back up. You got status. You got status. doesn't make junk he doesn't save junk you're a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar people a chosen generation live like what he calls you into be it live it not in pride the only time you're allowed to have pride is when you're sticking it to the devil Huh? <laughs> well, I don't think that was theologically spoken very well, but I think it communicated. Yeah, sometimes you need to that somebody Carmen the songwriter said when the devil tries to remind you of your past, you remind him about his future. He's a liar and the father of all lies and if his lips are moving, he's lying. And if he tells you you're not going to make it, then guess what? You are going to make it. And if he tells you a bu- if he says you're a bum, then you're not a bum. You're a child of God. Wow. Paul, I have a high view of the saints, and I'm in good company because Paul said that saints are called to be a saint. Did you know that? He said, well, God never called me to do it. Yes, he did. If you were called to the water and to the baptism of the Spirit, you are called to be a saint of God. David had a high view of the saints. The text, he's the one that said, This honor have all the saints. Has anybody here ever? Been to the NFL Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. I've been there a couple times. It's pretty cool. And uh, there are hundreds of displays of game worn jerseys and cleats and autographs and footballs that are autographed with dates commemorating certain events. Helmets are signed. You see the busts of all those that have been enshrined. You know, the great Uh, What was the Kansas City Chiefs' first Super Bowl quarterback? What was his name? (laughs) Lenny Dawson. uh, The great 70 Chiefs that beat my beloved Minnesota Vikings. (laughs) And we could name a lot of those players. Uh, And these items at the Hall of Fame commemorate epic battles and struggles and victories Individual team and team efforts and championships. And it would be amazing to grow up in America and idolize NFL players and then one day find yourself enshrined among them. In fact, I don't have my notes, but I don't know if you know it or not. But There's a member of the San Francisco 49ers here today who's a part of our church received the Holy Ghost right there, and was baptized by my cousin Clinton. And wave your hand, Jordan. There's Jordan right there. Number 94. You know what, he's got a call to preach. God changed his life in the last six to nine months. He got a call to preach, he's making disciples, he's preaching to the San Francisco 49ers, he's living a godly, overcoming, sanctified life, yes. Brother Jordan is a saint. He's a 49er, but he's a saint. (laughs) It's for everybody. Wow. It would be amazing to, to experience what Jordan has. Grow up, idolize some of those players, and then find yourself maybe one day enshrined among them. But as a child of God, we stroll through God's Hall of Fame. It's not in Canton, Ohio. It's in Hebrews chapter 11. And we read of the heroes of the faith. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jephthah, Gideon, Samson, Sarah, Deborah, Barak. These people whose lives strode across the stage of the Bible and are there only because they lived in faith and they trusted God. Let me tell you something. They were not perfect. If you look close enough, you're going to find something in the Bible about somebody that is going to disappoint you. Huh? Huh? And that's what I love about the Bible, because it's real. If the Bible was full of perfect people, we'd all quit. There's only one perfect. And that's why after Hebrews chapter 11 and Noah and, you know, being warned of God in fear, he built an ark for the saving of his family. And then a few verses later, you read Noah goes out and gets drunk. But you got to remember that was after a building program. That took a hundred years. Ours has only taken one year, and I'm thinking about my options. What's wrong with having a little fun in the house of God? Huh? But that's why when you flip the page and you go to chapter 12, The writer of Hebrews, we really don't know who it is. We could surmise, but the writer of Hebrews says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised the shame. Listen, I'm celebrating the saints today. But don't look too close at us because you'll probably see something that might disappoint you. I Put it on me. Don't look too close at me because you might find something. I don't have anything to be ashamed about. I'm not hiding anything. I'm not living in any deep, dark sin. Let me tell you something. When you're married to a prophetess, you can't get away with anything. She'll call me on it. So I got to walk circumspectly. And I do it because I love Jesus. You know, when I was a teenager, when I was a teenager, I got baptized when I was eight, filled with the Holy Ghost when I was nine. But I'm going to tell you what kept me as much as anything, perhaps. And I'm not taking anything away from the grace of God. But I loved my parents, and I respected my parents. And I did not want to disappoint my parents or bring any grief. I didn't want them to have to wipe tears from their eyes because of my ridiculous life and because I honored them and I respected them it kept me in the straight and narrow and when you have that with Jesus when you have that respect for him when you don't want to nail him to the cross again when you don't want to be a burden on him but you want to bring joy to his kingdom it makes you want to live holy and it makes you want to live godly and it makes you want to live an overcoming and a victorious life Praise God, we look to Jesus. I would rather die and be enshrined in God's hall of faith. Maybe not leave behind my hole-in-one golf ball, which hasn't happened yet. 44 years, I've given up. But I tell you what, I am going to leave behind. I'm going to leave behind 28 Bibles. They're in my office. (laughs) The pages are torn. Scriptures are underlined. There's notes of epic battles and victories and seasons of my life pages are dog-eared, enemies that i faced that threatened my spirituality to overcome. But if you have a Bible that is wearing out, you probably are not. Like Paul said, the outward man may be perishing, but the inward man. I'm sorry, I didn't expect to get emotional, but I'm telling you, it's profitable to live for God. Hallelujah, it's profitable to serve the Lord. I don't have any regrets. I don't have any reason to look over my shoulder. I've not mistreated anybody. I've not spoke evil or angry or wrong to anybody. I'm trying to be a servant of God. It's profitable. To serve the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that. He is the Lord. It is He that has made us and not we ourselves. For we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Therefore enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise and be thankful unto Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endureth to all generations. That is my story. That is my testimony. Hallelujah, I owe a great debt of gratitude to my parents who, before they were anything in the kingdom, they were saints. They were saints. In my parents' home growing up at 713 Lincoln and 2220 Delridge, I never heard my parents speak negatively about people in the church. Not one time. I never heard anything critical of spiritual leadership in the church. Therefore, all my heroes and my sister Pam, all her heroes and my brother Gary and our sister Pat, our heroes were the saints of God. If you want to crush your children's faith or discourage your husband or your wife, then notice and point out everything negative and disparaging about people who call the Life Church their church because if you look close enough, you'll find something. But if you want your family to love the church and love the people in the church and love the pastor and love the, the leadership and love the saints of God, then be careful what you say and celebrate the good things and pray about what might discourage you. To this day, I remember my heroes in my home church. Sister Verdea, who could not read any English and did not have a Spanish Bible in the 50s and 60s. And I heard her testify with my own ears. She said, Lord, I want to read your word. And she picked up the English Bible and she began to read it. She picked up a newspaper and she couldn't read it. But when she picked up the Bible, she could read it. Augusta Lundquist, if I'm not mistaken, she was a pioneer church planter that rode into Iowa in the back of a covered wagon. But she lived... A victorious life, Louis Brigley, Leroy Wunderlich, John Barkus, Mary Testa, Fern Newstrand, Joyce Van Ness, Arlene Flater, Agnes Anderson, David and Victoria Booker, Don and Darlene Fleming, Leroy and Lucille Erickson. And no, I didn't have to get any of those names from my sister Pam. I thought of them all. These were my Sunday school teachers, these were my models, these were my saints. My heroes, the heroes of my childhood, and all of them except two that I've mentioned have now entered into that great eternity with Christ. Now listen, folks, where there are saints, there are sure to be hypocrites. I've heard enough, I've seen enough, I've felt enough, I've dealt with enough with the underbelly of the church that if anybody could quit, I could quit. You think you got a reason to quit? Step into my office. I walk up here with blinders on every Sunday. And God has blessed me with a good forgetter. People come up to me and say, Pastor, you remember when I confessed this? And I didn't know, I'm sorry, I don't I don't dwell on that stuff. I pray about it. I seal it under the blood. I don't go fishing where the devil fishes. Amen. I serve the Lord. Listen, I believe in the best in you. You're going to have to kill me for me to stop believing in you. I believe that you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Listen, I don't want to stand where some are going to stand before God with their lousy excuses. Why they got offended at the church and quit. Dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. There's nothing worth losing your soul over. Don't let somebody's junk become your junk. Don't let somebody's roadblock become your roadblock. Man, step over it. Get over it. Climb over it. Pray over it. Leave it behind and serve the Lord. Huh? I know I'm preaching the choir, but you might need to file that for the future. 25 years ago, I preached a message I entitled, A Glorious Mess." The text was Ephesians 5, that he might present to himself a glorious church. And I'm reading that one day. I'm like, what? A glorious church? Is this the same church I am looking at? And the Lord's like, don't touch it. It's my church. When I look at my church through the lens of Calvary, I see a blood Sanctified, chaste, virgin. These are all the Bible words. The body of Christ. Oh. Everybody all right? If you find the perfect church, don't join it. You'll ruin everything. Church is not a museum where everything is in pristine condition and stuffed and mounted and under glass. But we're coming to you live from Kansas City, Missouri. We are live in concert right now. Church is a hospital where the broken, battered bruised can be stabilized, sustained, secured. By the grace of God, where people can get back on their feet spiritually, emotionally, personally. Find a new lease on life through Jesus Christ. And when they do, they rise up to become a mighty fortress and get on God's mission. They don't quit or give up. And I want to tell you, don't quit or give up when we are not at our best. Don't give up because something didn't go the way you wanted it to. Praise God. Listen bringing this message to a close. But I want to say to somebody today what Moses said to his father-in-law, Jethro. Jethro was a heathen. He wasn't Jewish. He wasn't of the nation of Israel. But he was well acquainted with the wilderness. One day Moses, the greatest leader the Old Testament ever saw, said to his father-in-law, Dad, why don't you go with us? I know we got a mixed multitude here. That's what the Bible called them, a mixed multitude. I know we got our stiff-necked and stubborn and rebellious. But go with us. He said, you could be a blessing to us. He said, you could be like eyes. You could be like a guide. You, and, and then he said, whatever God's going to do for us, he'll do for you. Whatever... Blessings are coming, they're yours. This land flowing with milk and honey, it's yours. Angels escorting us, it's yours. Jethro looked at him and said, I don't think so. You go ahead. The Bible said the spirit and the bride say come. And I want to open an invitation to somebody today. Speaking on behalf of the Life Church and the body of Christ, why don't you go with us? Because together we're headed somewhere. We're going to a city where there'll be no more night. We're going to a city where Jesus is the light. The trumpet's going to sound, and I'll be caught away. I'm going to a city someday. Amen. Why don't you come and go with us? Praise God. Whatever God has for us, He has for you. Whatever God does for us, He will do for you. Whatever, however way God blesses us, He will bless you. Come and go with us. Somebody just wave your hand like this and say, go with us. Amen. Amen. Please stand with me. I had about, I don't know, 30 verses. That speaks superlatively about the saints. I don't have time to give a cursory examination of them today, but I want to explain why the Life Church is a little bit different than, let's say, your run of the mill Christian church in Kansas City, Missouri. This is why it's a little bit different. Because when you become a member of the Life Church now anybody can come to the Life Church. Everyone's welcome. Come on, everybody's welcome. Everybody. And I hope that If you're new here, that you feel love unconditionally, acceptance. Perhaps you could picture yourself as a future member of the Life Church. But when I talk about church membership, I'm not talking about signing a membership covenant. And we offer that if you want to do that. Some do, some don't. It's up to you. But the reason the Life Church is a little bit different. Is because this is not a country club church. This is not. A church where you just sort of. Fit in through osmosis. Just by showing up. But at the Life Church we preach. The true. Born again message. You must repent of your sins. That right there is enough to make a difference in any church. If people repent. Repent. There's not enough repentance in Christianity today. Repent and turn. In fact, that's not a a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence. That's an everyday you ought to repent every day lest you be seduced with your pride and spiritual pride. We baptize in the name of Jesus Christ. Where the authority is. There's no authority in titles. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Uncle, Aunt, Brother-in-Law. There's no title. There's no power, authority in titles. Peter said in Acts 4.13, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. It makes a difference when you're actually baptized in the only saving name because that name has the authority to wash away sins. It makes a difference when you're in a congregation where people have actually had their sins washed away and they don't just get baptized because it's a cool public thing. And it makes a difference when church members are baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking with other tongues actually have a book of Acts chapter 2 born again in the spirit experience with Jesus Christ who is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost but that's not all it makes a difference when you're in a congregation where people actually change their lives and they come out of the world and they stop cussing and they no longer tell nasty jokes and they don't laugh at them and they get out of the porn huh they get the junk out of their life and when they go to the pool or the beach they don't take their clothes off they dress modest You don't hear things like that a whole lot from the pulpit I don't really think I need to do that because you're doing it you're serving God you're living walking circumspectly it makes a difference when you're in a congregation where they truly come out of the world people here actually read their Bibles people here actually get down on their knees or get in the closet and pray. We actually pray. Not just over meals. I mean, we really have prayer lives. Because we take it serious. This royal priesthood. This holy nation. Today on the occasion of my wife and I 34th pastoral anniversary. To commemorate the occasion, I preached for an hour. Sorry. When you get old, it happens. But I don't apologize. I hope somebody learns something today. I hope somebody can step into a, your official status today as a saint. I want you to lift your hands in His presence right now. <laughs> Come on, are you thankful? I feel a holiness here right now. I feel a sacredness. I feel a sacredness. I feel a holiness. Praise God. Just open your mouth and thank God for saving you. Thank God for drawing you to the cross. Hallelujah. Thank God that He called you out of darkness. Come on, are you living like you've been called out of darkness? Don't go back to the darkness. Stay out of the darkness. Walk in the light. While you're in the light, come on, celebrate Jesus. Thank Him that you're a saint. Thank Him that you're a saint. (laughs) Anybody that wants to consecrate today, come forward. Anybody that just feels like You need to pray in the house of God. Just come forward. Anybody that just wants to take another step today, let me know if you want to be baptized in the name of Jesus. I pray the priestly blessing over you today. Would you lift your hands? I'm going to speak the priestly blessing over you today. And I believe this means something. I believe something's gonna happen for you this week in the next seven days if you'll receive this blessing. Are you ready? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord set his countenance upon you and give you peace. Now open your mouth and celebrate the blessing of God. Come on. Has he been good to you? Has he been good to you? Has he been good to you? We're standing together in heavenly places. Upon you. <laughs> Be has he been good to you Lord turn his face you. come on receive the priestly blessing today receive the blessing of our great high priest Jesus Christ lord bless you heavenly places, heavenly places, I feel the holiness of the Lord here today, come out of the world, come out of the chaos, come out of the madness, come out of the darkness into His marvelous light, live like a saint. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.